the blast from our past network. Cartwright! Cartwright! Hello, Newman. This is so f***ing good! Nothing for you! These pretzels are making me thirsty! Not that there's anything wrong with that. Serenity now! He's a re-gifter! Well, let's start the insanity. Giddy up. Welcome to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are two super fans giving you every single episode of Seinfeld back to back to back because we love this stuff and you love it too. I'm Adam. <laughs> and I'm Corey. I was giving you the uh, NPR start to this episode. <laughs> I didn't know where it was going. <laughs> I usually don't know where it's going either until I just start. That's fine. I love it. That's what makes it fun. Yeah. Uh, this episode, we are talking The Cheever Letters, Season 4, Episode 7. It first aired on October 28th, 1992. And, Mr. Corey, could you please give us the synopsis? Yes, sir. The Cheever Letters. Jerry offends Elaine's assistant with the panty remark. And that's in quotes here. Kramer makes a new contact for his Cuban cigars. A box of letters from John Cheever is all that remains after the Ross cabin burns down. Okay. And I think there's uh, some more to it than just that. <laughs> maybe a little bit of a smidge more. A smidge more. Uh, and per usual, we start off with a stand-up, this time about uh, office workspaces and, and work offices. <laughs> I don't think people think of the office as a workspace. They think of it as a stationary store with danishes. You want to get your pastry, your envelopes, your supplies, toilet paper, six, co- six cups of coffee, and, uh, and you go home. Uh, why, do, why do people who work in offices have pictures of their family facing them? It's weird that they kind of – it makes it sound like when I'm talking it, he just segues from one of those things to another. Yeah. But th- I think there was uh, some laughter there. It was a nice segue for him. He's like, uh, why do people who work in offices have pictures of families facing them? He's like, do they forget that they're married? He's like, all right, it's 5 o'clock. <laughs> Time to hit the bar and pick up some hookers. Hold on a second. I have a wife and kids. I better get home. I completely forgot. I loved how it ended. <laughs> Maybe it's because he just said the bar and hookers, but I just, I don't know. I just loved how it ended. My only note for this one, I put, nope. I was <laughs> not a fan. Not a fan of this stand-up. But I see, this is when I do like it when Jerry takes something and looks at it from a different point of view, because it's true. If you do, if you do sort of look at office spaces... Especially if someone who doesn't work in an office from an outsider's point of view, it's like, yeah, you go there. We all know that people steal shit from the office. Everyone knows that we take our our, our bathrooms breaks in the morning there at the office because might as well do it on their dime. I you don't. Know? I don't. Well, I mean, I I hate taking a poo. Really? I, I hate it. I like. I'm a home pooer. I'm a hardcore <laughs> home pooer, and I will take every advantage I can to poo at home in the comfort of my own home. I do not. I hate being walked in on at the office. Um, if I'm if I'm having to shake a shit because this, there's no comfort to it, man. I, I hate I, it. I, hey, man, when back when I was working for other people, I would much rather bill them for my pooping time. <laughs> All right, we are uh, two different ends of the pooping spectrum, <laughs> but let's get into the episode. Uh, at the apartment, Jerry and George walk in, and they're gonna have to tell Susan's parents about the cabin. I do like they uh, have a little little conversation here. It's like, oh, we could build a cabin. You know, how hard is it gonna be? <laughs> Uh, Jerry's line is, 
well, not us, but two men could. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, yeah. yes, yes. You know, they, they are definitely not men. No, no. And this is, I do love it when they know that they're man children. Um, mm-hmm. But I do got to say, I loved his description of what happened because, uh, the episode prior, because it served as as the recap. And you mm-hmm. mentioned before how much you hate the recaps, especially with their bad editing and everything. It is terrible editing. And, and, and so I was like, oh, holy shit. I never realized it and b- before watching it that they used that dialogue as a recap, but it was also a joke that, they, that Jerry sort of punched at, you know, George mm-hmm. about, and it was funny. But I was like, oh, dude, that's awesome because without that there they might have actually included a recap that we hate so it was nice to see them come up with a way to do it but while keeping it within the parameters of the story yeah all right well put uh so george and jerry they're procrastinating um and you know about working on this pilot you know something that got started up at the end of last season their procrastination um, is the theme of this episode. Yes, it is. Absolutely. Uh, Jerry ends up calling Elaine, and you know he is trying to avoid chit-chat with her secretary because um, he, <laughs> he she apparently keeps doing it, which is not fun. And so he tells Elaine that, which at the end you can tell she's, or she's bringing it up to her, and it's just yeah. like, oh. Th- but but I, that, love how, I love how Elaine doesn't, doesn't give a shit, and she's sitting there. She's like, hey, I got a rubber, rubber pencil thing going yeah. on here. <laughs> I love yeah. that. I mean, it's, honestly, those are the things throwaway lines that i enjoy that's what i love about seinfeld is dialogue like that it's it's the it's dude it's the shit that we all think in our heads but you never really see it on sitcoms and whatnot but it's mm-hmm. like you know you cut back to elaine and she's doing the rubber pencil yeah. thing and she's like hey i can't i don't got time to talk to you and i got a yeah. nice little rubber pencil thing going on i'm like that's the shit i love seinfeld for yeah i mean that is good writing absolutely yeah. Um, so yeah, so there's some of that back and forth. They're really just having issues with the pilot. Um, Kramer enters. And? We get a cheer, <laughs> hey! which is weird because we didn't get any last time. We're going back and forth, you know? <laughs> yeah, and you brought it up last time, but you know, and I kind of got the sense you brought it up because you heard it in this episode, but we try not to, even though we watch the two episodes yeah. back to back, we try not to reference the other episode, but I got the sense that you brought it up because of it. But we made a big deal about yeah. how big a cheer was. It was one. Of, it was a huge cheer, like two or three episodes ago, um, and then we just got nothing, and it just felt strange, and then now we're getting it again. Yeah. Um, and this one wasn't big. This was a, kind of a light cheer. And that's what I said. Actually, I said this was a perfect cheer. It wasn't yeah. too loud. It was just a nice, solid cheer. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Kramer's upset that he lost all of the cigars in that fire. Um, so... You know, now, because he was kind of bribing this guy to, to use the good golf courses, he doesn't get good golf course anymore. Uh, so, like, he needs to try and figure out a new way to get his good Cuban cigars. George uh, goes to dinner with the Rosses. And I, I just want to interject. If you told me at the beginning of this show that I was going to see the Rosses before I see the Costanzas, I would have said, fuck you, no way. And I just, I just kind of forget that I see the the Rosses so quickly, yeah. or not so quickly. We're in season four, but like, I mean, I, I just, or, they're, or they're, it's, it's crazy that we're seeing the Costanzas so late. Yes, that's really what it is. It's I didn't just even like, think about it until you just said it. You're 100 percent right. If someone did say to me before we even started this whole show that yeah, the Rosses, we were going to get the Rosses before the the Costanzas, like, no, no, no. But yeah, you're right. Never even thought about it until just now. But I will say yeah. this: I've always enjoyed the Rosses. I I enjoy the Rosses and they're good here 
And, and I'll, I'll talk about it later. I want to okay. bring okay. up something later about yeah. the, the, the Ross. I almost called the Wasps because I, my next <laughs> comment was they're such a waspy style family. Yeah. And you know this growing up in like that New England area. Yeah. You know wasps. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> the God, white, yeah. Anglo, white Anglo-Saxon Protestants. Um, you know, very white, usually rich, usually, uh, you know, oh, my God, just – like the Karens of the world. Like, you know, you hear yeah. the, see the yeah. meme of like the Karen, can I talk to your manager? Those are usually wasp people. Yeah. yeah. And, and <laughs> so. yeah. And, and these, yes, they are the, the epitome of that. And, yes. and the fact that they don't address anything and they just sit there and drink at dinner tables, you know what I mean? Like they can't talk about their problems is the biggest yeah, it, thing that a wasp yes. doesn't do. Yep. Um, the, the mother is a big lush in this episode. I very much like that they tone that down later. Um, she's just a big old lush on this episode. And the dad, he's a complete asshat. <laughs> yeah, I, it's, you're probably not going to mention it, and, and it's a little bit later in the conversation, but I just loved it when he was like, when she said something, and he goes, wear more lipstick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like, he was so mean. He just yeah. like jab. I was like, but it, that's, that's another thing about the Wasp family is like, you know, you always feel like the the husband and the wives end up hating each other, yeah. but they they don't like go over. They don't they don't, either they don't believe in divorce or they don't really do that kind of divorcing. What they do just do is that um, uh, they just poke at each other for well, until yeah, one yeah. of them dies essentially. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but what it's um. Oh my it's god! Passive aggressive. Th- Thank you. I'm just, I'm an idiot here. It's the the <laughs> little bit of whiskey that I've had. I can't think of passive aggressive, but like passive aggressive to your significant other yeah. is like. Also ties hand in hand with that because they refuse to address anything, so it's nothing but yeah. built up tension. Yes, exactly. All right, so at the apartment, Jerry is upset that Elaine told her assistant, you know, about uh, uh, that that he doesn't want to talk to her. Um, so now he feels he has to, you know, call and apologize, trying to get her back because she left, and so Elaine still wants her as as an assistant. So. He does that, and he's like, no, 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 you know, I like you, you know, it's all fine, I, I, I don't dislike it. She thought I was joking. He ends up getting talked into a date with her. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and I liked <laughs> I liked how Jerry's like, okay, fine, I'll do this for you, Elaine, obviously, you know. And I love how he's doing his, his bit, and Elaine reaches for the pretzels, and he, like, slaps her hand. He's like, no, <laughs> you don't get to enjoy the pretzels, but I have to do this bullshit. But uh, mm-hmm. I will say this, I, I thought it was very, very quick quick thinking on his part to, to kind of spin it how like he spun it on on the uh yeah. on the phone call adam let me ask you something are you an adam sandler fan i uh, i was an adam sandler do, do you remember his do you remember his old stand-up tape or his old tape thing where he talked like the goat do you remember the goat uh if i heard it because uh, it was it was it on his album yeah it was, was on his, his album it's on his album all i would say is I, I love that album and uh one of the things that i still say to this day is when he does the goat and he's like ah it's quick goat thinking and uh all i could think of on that scene was when jerry seinfeld was yeah. doing that that spin i was like ah quick goat thinking but yeah go back and listen to the uh adam sandler uh album whatever one that was with the yeah. the, the longest piss and the, they're all gonna laugh at you on and everything okay yeah, I need to. I definitely. I really pegged it. you as an Adam Sandler guy. I liked his stuff. Yeah, yeah. I just wasn't like a big. I mean, I when it comes to his movies, Waterboy, Billy Madison, of course, I loved that shit. Interesting. Um, but like, 
his uh, his songs. I don't think I owned any of his albums. I, I only like kind of heard them through a friend who had his albums. Okay, I was I'm a Weird Al guy, man. Why do I need comedy in my music when I've got Weird Al, who's the king of it? Well, his his <laughs> album doesn't actually have a lot of music. It's more sketches. Oh. It's the, it's one of those like yeah. old school sketch album ones, like so Bill Cosby this, used to do and whatnot. Was it before that he did like because he, he started doing some songs? Yeah, yeah, it was like the Hanukkah song. Yeah, and it was stuff like that. it was back in like I'm gonna say it was around ninety four, ninety five, somewhere around there. Okay. So probably before, yeah, he got big with, with that stuff. Yeah. Uh, all right. Before Lunch, Lunch Lady Land and that kind of shit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. So um, the dad, uh, Mr. Ross, you know, he just awkwardly kind of goes on and on about how much he loves this cabin. You know, he cherishes the cabin. Uh, I do like the reference that George pulls out. It's a Superman reference. He pulls out the, oh, it's like your Fortress of Solitude. Superman's, uh, you know, North Pole base yes. that he did to get away from everything. So. Love that. A good, good, strong Superman reference there. Awesome reference. I, I loved it. And I was like, yes, uh, anytime there's a Superman reference or any superhero comic book reference, I'm super happy. Um, so, so Ross mentions that his mom was staying at the cabin while she recovers from Impetigo. And, uh, and I just, I only caught it because I have the subtitles on. So I was like, oh, what, what is that? And I look it up right now and it's a, a highly contagious skin infection that causes red sores on the face. Uh, Impetigo yeah. mainly affects infants and children interesting that his mom had it and and then thus i think died from it or whatever but um but yeah that's uh that's what impetigo is and yeah he just kind of mentions it really quickly all right yeah but i know we'd like to kind of like figure out these these references that we don't quite get and i think if you didn't uh, have the subtitles on you would have missed it yeah um but george and susan eventually get to the whole thing about it burning down uh, his dad is very distraught at this point. And, and this is clip show when, when George is like, it burnt. You know, he does the it whole burnt, burn yeah. like multiple times. Yeah, and his reaction to it is – that's clip yeah. show. I, I like that's that funny. a lot. Yep. Um, at Jerry's apartment, we see the assistant rushing out, putting on her clothes – putting her clothes back on after taking them off, you know, from the from the bedroom area. Apparently, Jed's, Jared's Jerry – I was called him Gerald. I don't know why. <laughs> Apparently, uh, Jerry said something disturbing, you know, in their in their dirty talk. Ooh, she liked it to dirty talk. Um, something weird enough to make her walk out. And right at this moment, you're like, what the fuck was it? Yeah, I mean, not oh, just we're gonna walk find. out, but like, yeah. like get offended. Yes. Uh, at Monk's in the booth, Jerry tells George about the whole situation with the dirty talk. And we get a great moment. Just an absolutely perfect moment where... Jerry's kind of going over some of the specific dirty talk that she says, and he gets really quiet. He's like kind of whispering it, and all you and you hear like nothing, just like the little mumbles. And then George involuntarily squirts his ketchup bottle, and he can't hold himself. Like it is hilarious. Oh, my I think it's God, a great I scene. Yeah. I love, dude. I love when George shoots his his, his ketchup bottle. I think that's yeah. just fantastic. Exactly. I mean, it's all hot stuff. I like his little line afterwards. Gonna need some water here. (laughs) Until you find out what Jerry actually says. Yes. So we find it out and he apparently tells her, uh, you know, she's talking about her panties and, you know, all the dirty talking that and he goes, oh, you mean the panties your mother laid out for you? What the fuck, Jerry? That is not sexy. Dude, I every time I, I watch that scene, I have the exact same reaction as George, which is like, 
He's just sitting there, just staring at Jerry, like, what the hell did you just say? <laughs> now, uh, according to the behind the scenes, um, this was a very real thing that happened to writer Tom Leopold, and he told you know Larry David about it, didn't think it was going to make it on the show, but like pretty much... I don't think it, I think I don't think it was the exact same thing he said, but the same outcome was like he just said something wrong because he's not like a guy that does you know sexy talk or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I honestly, to be truthful with you, I don't know what came first, the chicken or the egg, because when I was watching this for the first time, uh, what, what did we say this was ninety three this season? Ninety two. Ninety two. Late ninety two. Okay. October ninety two. Yeah. So I'm I'm like late middle school, um, maybe mm-hmm. or early high school, and uh, at this point, obviously. Clearly, I've never dirty talked to anyone, but I, to this day, have this fear that I'm going to say something that, you know, just it came out of nowhere. And I didn't mean to say it because I'm not a dirty talk kind of guy. And I do truthfully think that the fear comes from this episode right here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm curious, uh, you know, how good our dirty talk game is. Mine's bad. Mine's not good at all. <laughs> I, I think I probably would take it to... Yeah, like an awkward. No, I wouldn't go weird like this, but I would just start saying. So I I go over the top with a lot of my other comments, and my wife is not nearly as over the top as I am, and she'd probably just be like, "Adam, this is you, you, what the fuck's going on with you? You're killing it, buddy. You're killing yeah. it for us." <laughs> oh, she her, her 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 current like one of her favorite things to say to me is when I start like you know having to defend myself about whatever many of the things that I have to defend myself about, <laughs> and she's just like. You just put the shovel down because I'm just like I keep <laughs> digging my own grave all the time. Oh man, buddy! It. it it took me probably up until about 41 years of age to realize just the the bonuses of just keeping my mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> Why though? I, I you know what? I got shit to say. I know, I, say I know. It. But when you get older, you realize you know what? I don't have the energy to fight about it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Maybe when I become as old and decrepit as you, I'll Thank give you, up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Jerry is uh, very worried that she's going to tell Elaine at this point as well. Wait, real quick, uh, real, real quick. Did you? Because mm-hmm. I said the the Tom Leopold story. Did you say what the line was? Did you say it? And I just missed it. The the panties line. Yeah. Did you Did you yeah, say it fully? I said it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. I did. I mean, what the, the fuck did, you what is, you mean the panties your mother laid out for you? Yeah. What the fuck does that even mean? By the way, we didn't even like. What does that even mean? I don't know. I don't know. Is maybe it's implying that you know she's just a sexy little girl or something, and yeah. you know she's living with her parents and they're doing some kind of dirty teen sex or something. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> that's not good. No matter what it is, it's not good. No, uh, no, no. Parent lays out you know the panties, and they're not panties when you're like a kid. Yeah. It's just your underwear. Um, panties are for a sexy adult women in my head. Uh, side note: My wife hates the word panties. <laughs> <laughs> I, I and I love the word panties, and so it kind of clashes when I say it around the house. And she's like, "Don't fucking call it that." And I'm like, "Fine," um, but like, yeah, no, no, no woman has their mother lay it out for her. No, yeah, no. and it's one of those lines that at first I'm not like weirded out by it, but the more it sinks in, I'm like, "Oh man, that's just really weird." That it is. Hey everybody, Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. What's up, guys? I'm Tess. And I'm Corey. And we are the ongoing comic book discussion podcast, the place where one guy and one gal dive into the world of comic books one adventure at a time. That's right. You can find us every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or any of your favorite podcatchers. 
So come check out OCD Podcasts, where comic books are cool. Hello, everybody. I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me today in studio is co-host Oh, hey, Dean. hey, Tim. Dean. Huh? Uh, this isn't a full episode. This is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays, and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, well then... Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Talking Back. Hey, this is Brent. And I'm Eric. And we are part of the Friday Five Podcast. Yes, sir. We cover everything from the 80s to today. We absolutely do. You can find us every other Friday on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. Like any. iTunes? <laughs> like Stitcher. Oh, man. This Maybe a little Spotify. Hey, and also check us out on Instagram. Absolutely. So come hang out. I think you'll have a lot of fun, and we will see you there. Yeah, bring your proton pack and your ecto cooler, and maybe some McNugget bugs. And now, back to the show. Jerry and George go back to, to the apartment to work on the pilot. It doesn't work out. Uh, Kramer comes in, you know, talking about wanting some cigars. He's going to have to take matters into his own hands. He ends up going to like a Cuban embassy, um, you know, because he's going to try and talk to somebody to be able to, to import some cigars. Uh, Elaine goes to Jerry's. Jerry tries to distract her, um, you know, from the whole assistant situation uh, to where he's like, oh, um, you should fire her. This is this is this is the solution because, you know, he's trying to find a way out of not being ratted on about his weird things. Um, <laughs> it's, at the embassy- it's abnormal comment, which is another yes. uh, thing that I liked in that conversation where George was like, like, oh, yeah, no, there's it's that's not offensive. He's like, it's abnormal, but it's not offensive. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> I just like how he landed the abnormal <laughs> uh, at the embassy. This one guy likes Kramer's jacket and, uh, you know, he wants to. Uh, you know, you can kind of tell that he wants to swap it for some Cubans. Is and that, that a jacket? Reference? Yeah, it's got to be the same jacket, right? But no, he—I thought he had to he... give it back, though. So, oh, you're right. He did have to give it, but it's got to be that same jacket. I, I know that. That was my note, and I wanted to talk to you about it. I was like, I get that the why, joke why ultimately is is that he swaps the jacket for the Cuban, but was yeah. so it stands by itself, like right here and now. But the, my question was, is it a reference back to the jacket from season three? It looks to me like the same jacket from season yeah. three. Um, it, but is it is it as a whole? Is this a reference? I I thought it was the same jacket. Yeah, I know? did too. Um, because it, it looked like it, you know, why would they bring up the jacket in a joke like this yeah. if it wasn't the jacket that we've kind of associated with Kramer for so long? Yeah, so, I agree. I agree. I, I was like, okay, and I kind of cued in on that, and I liked it because I was like, oh, cool, yeah. we're getting a, a reference back to the jacket. Yeah, yeah. agreed. 
But uh, I just had it in my head. I thought he had to give it back to the. But you're right. The the mom, her mom, his mom's ex lover, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's and he what didn't I thought want too. To. Yeah, yeah. I thought I I I'm, I heard the same kind of stuff. Like I thought that was done, but yeah, no. Nah, now now I guess the jacket's done. Yeah. yeah. Um. So Jerry and George go to the Rosses, and you know we kind of meet her brother and sister, who which. I'm glad they never show up again. I don't like them at all. They don't fit in at all. Um, they're just the brother kind of fits in. The sister who's in the wheelchair, it she looks, or that's I don't that's know. her aunt. That's her, the her dad's aunt. sister. Okay. Yeah, and I do uh, like how right. she's like he doesn't look like me. That would that yeah. was funny. But I, dude, I'm with you. I was like, eh, I, I don't ever need to see these characters ever no. again. The the brother kind of reminded me of the double dip guy at the funeral just like a smidge like <laughs> yeah. he was like he had that weird like just that 90s look to him yes. that 90s dick look you know i totally agree with that he does he does remind me of the double dip guy you can't double dip the chip <laughs> yeah. but yeah, yeah dude i'm completely with you man i was like i was like nah dude i'm not i'm not feeling these guys over here i'm not feeling this little family vibe over here because you already yeah. have so much shittiness about the rosses and stuff you don't need to see that the every yeah. person in that family is a piece of crap aside from susan i guess Agreed. So, uh, all right, there's this uh, doorman comes up with this box, like a kind of a, you know, burnt up little box. Apparently, it's the last thing that remains from the fire of the cabin. They open it up, and it's letters from John Cheever. I had to look up who John Cheever was because I had no idea. He's apparently a, a novelist. I've never heard of him, never heard of any of the stuff that he did, um, but that's because I'm uncultured swine. <laughs> yeah. um, he apparently won a Pulitzer Prize back in 1979. He died in 1982. So apparently this rendezvous with the dad was uh, from a good good bit of time ago, um, at least 12 years previously. They were love letters that he wrote to Susan's father. And, you know, oh, shit, there's this whole thing that he's this closeted guy now. Um, you know, the dad sees them as well. And I the sister and brother there. That letter was a little bit more graphic than I remember <laughs> it being. <laughs> yes, it was. It was good. I mean, it 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 leaves no uh, subtlety no. to what the heck they were about. <laughs> like it was obvious. Like, oh shit, we just uncovered something—a uh, little family secret that um, you know none of none of them have gotten out before. Which, unfortunately, is just kind of glossed over. It's never really brought back again at the end. By, I, I don't remember. Maybe there's going to be a comment that I just don't remember. But, like, I believe this is kind of a one-and-done joke. Yeah. I mean, even um, the the actress who played Susan was interviewed for this episode. And she even remarks on how how waspy the her, her you know, TV parents were. Because she was like, mm-hmm. but it's, it's true. It's like, it's just like them to have this moment. And then seasons later with yeah. the, the, uh, the horse to ha- still be yeah. together and have nothing, no mention of it. Because that is totally waspy and the fact that they would never mention again is i think it's less of a tv trope than an actual Mm. real life trope yeah fair enough fair enough and i will say this i i enjoyed the mom's reactions to uh everything the dad was saying she had some very good reactionary shots in that yes i mean she had some wine in her hand the entire time as well (laughs) of course (laughs) Uh, i do like how he kind of comes out disheveled in just like a white t-shirt and he he's a very obviously they're a well put together family he's got money he owns a fucking cabin up in the hamptons so yeah they've got you know they're they're well to do um but yeah so he looks a little down on his luck right now so back at the apartment, still nothing is happening with the script. Elaine comes in. Uh, she's upset because she transferred Sandra, the assistant, to another spot. And she told Littman about some long-distance calls. And now she has to pay for them. 
Uh, Kramer comes in smoking uh, with some of these those Cuban guys, one of them wearing that old jacket. Uh, George is kind of humorously reading The Falconer, which is a book by John Cheever. And as Elaine leaves, a great one of the great endings, I think, you know, of Seinfeld, honestly, uh, is when, you know, she walks out and she mentions, oh, she has to go pick up the panties that her mother has laid out for. And it ends. Uh, and then we get a stand up over the credits, but like that ending her, her just calling him out and walking out is perfect. Yeah. And it's a huge cheer that she gets from the crowd, man. It, uh, it, can you hear like the cat lady in there? There is some lady in that crowd that had this like high pitched, like laughter and she sounded like a cat. It was, it was hilarious, but, um, that is something that they mentioned on the behind the scenes was uh, Julie Louis Dreyfus was saying that she did that take. I think uh, that scene like three or four times. She said, and she goes, it landed every time. Like every time, the crowd mm. just exploded. And so I take it as that was organic, and nice. that that they had that they were just having a good time with that. So yeah, but we've talked before how we don't necessarily always like Seinfeld to end on this like on a punchline like this. Mm. But this worked so well, and I felt yeah. like the cheer that – because also we've talked about how we don't always love crazy big audience interactions. I felt like this one was earned completely. Agreed. Uh, well, because there's – it's – I mean the setup of it was like throughout the entire episode, yeah. and then you just get this great moment at the end, and, and it really, really paid off in a big way. Um I want to chat chat a little bit about you mentioned there's that what a cat lady who who you could hear I oh my god I hate it when I'm like listening to a show or something and you know they have it's not a laugh track but they have got like a live audience there and there's always and there is like a one person that you can hear out more than others and I'm just like fuck you and your annoying laugh that sticks out more than everyone else like stop it just yeah. stop it yeah, Ugh. I mean, it sounds crazy. Whatever, uh, yeah. whatever that lady was hooping and hollering about, she was probably on a lot of coke or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, was the early nineties. That's right. <laughs> uh, all right, and then yeah, uh, we get stand up over credits. Yeah, talking, yeah. Uh, about talking during sex. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had to. I had to. <laughs> I had the damnedest time with this because it's over credits. And I think Hulu just added a new feature. They're like, they're like, Hey, do you want to skip this or watch the credits? Uh, so like, <laughs> so I'm looking down trying to write and I hit X on my PlayStation controller uh-huh. to pause it. And, uh, and it, you know, jumps to the next episode. I'm like, what yes. the fuck's happening? And like five <laughs> times, cause I have to, whenever I break these things down, I got to by sentence, I got to pause after yeah. every sentence. And I was like, fuck you, fuck you Hulu. <laughs> but uh, anyways, that's, that's a me problem. Um, all right. So there's, uh, there's this whole talking during sex business. What are we doing here? The question is, uh, does the talking really improve the sex, or is the sex act there to spice up the conversation? Now, that's a perfect, like, Seinfeld observation, if you ask mm-hmm. me. Um, yep. <laughs> he said, of course, ev-, and then it goes downhill. Of course, eventually, I'm sure people <laughs> will get tired <laughs> or too lazy, uh, even for phone sex. They'll start having phone machine sex. He's like, uh, I want you really bad. Just leave it on the tape. And then I was like, okay, could have stopped here. And then it actually gets worse. He's like, then I guess the phone company will come up with uh, sex waiting. They'll be this new, they'll be the new thing. He's like, uh, yeah, hold on, honey. I got another call on the, on the other line. He's like, and clicks over. Oh yeah, baby. One second. Uh, honey, I gotta, I gotta take this. Yeah. I've got sex waiting 
on the other line. And then he pauses for, for laughter. And it was the weirdest thing because I thought that this joke started out great and every new segment made it worse and worse. He should have just kept it with, uh, uh, is the sex there just to spice up the conversation? I agree. It, it kind of absolutely nipped down. Yeah, it went down. Uh, <laughs> yep. So uh, how about you tell us your thoughts on this episode? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, first off, I, I it's funny. I don't know quite if I remarked on it on the last episode or if I talked about it offline, but it's interesting that – this is another episode, even though it's not billed as a part two, it's the connective tissue is so heavy to the episode prior to it that it again, it it feels like this entire season, at least so far, has been in chunks of like one hours, like two episodes at a chunk. And it, it's interesting, although I, I do like the fact that this one's connective tissue wasn't so deep that it required a part two, but it was it was fun. Overall, truthfully, I really enjoyed this episode. I I I kind of feel like it was everything I wanted the last episode to be uh, as far as like classicness goes. This one was just a lot of fun. I liked the dialogue banter back and forth. I liked, you know, what we saw. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't, you know, there, there wasn't, it wasn't a perfect episode, but I do enjoy it more than the one that we just saw. And I got to say, I, I'm going to have to give this one probably a 3.5 burn Cheever letters out of five. Okay. Um, this is not a perfect episode, but I will say it's a solid one. Yeah. Um, one thing I, I like the Rosses, but I like the Rosses better in later episodes, like the Beefarino episode. Um, like when they, you know, the, uh, 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 was it the, the Bobcat episode and stuff like that? Um, or is it the Marble Rye? Was it the Marble Marble Rye episode? Yeah. Well, Marble Rye is the Beefarino. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, like that kind of episode and the other ones that we see them in later, I think I like them a little bit better there um, because they're just like, they're just call they just call George out on his shit. And I like that a lot. Um, where in this one, you know, you get some of their issues, which is fine. But for the first time, you know, if I was trying to, trying to think about them as, oh, this is the first time I've seen them. And it is funny, you know, us getting, uh, you know, the, the waspy feels, uh, her being a lush, him being you know, in the closet with this, you know, famous uh novelist it's 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 all pretty humorous i don't care about the siblings we already talked about that or the the the, the brother and the aunt just she looked weird to me <laughs> just didn't, <laughs> not that she was in a wheelchair it had nothing to do with that it just, i think it was maybe the wig that they had on her or something i was just not not happy with it the plot is relatable and funny when it's talking about the the pilot writing like or the pilot writing is relatable and funny like that i, I totally get that i mean we've all had work that we can't really jump onto and it's we know how important it is and it's just it's quite humorous elaine ending the callback to basically jerry being an idiot and doing uh that line was great so i wouldn't say it's outstanding but i'd say it was certainly good i gave it three out of five laid out panties oh wow <laughs> yeah good one good one that's yeah. that's cool though. i mean we're, we both landed sort of on the same mm-hmm. thing here although i find it interesting that uh, again, it's another short Cartwright episode, not not a short Seinfeld episode, but a shorter yeah. Cartwright episode. And I'm wondering if some of these episodes that are they're just they're just they're well made, they're just competent, mm-hmm. they're put together. There isn't like a lot of like wonky things for us to sort of have t- side <laughs> tangents about because I feel like they're starting to get into their groove. They're starting to yeah. like they sort of know what works. They're of course going to test some things out, the writers and, and everything. They're going to test things out here and there, but I kind of feel like they're starting to to settle into like what they know about the characters at this point well yeah i would say that but at the same time 
this this season has been a roller coaster. Maybe yeah. now they're starting to even out for the season because they started off on an all time low, yeah, and then they ended up tying some of my all time highs with scores, and then they kind of went on a on a you know another kind of lower than average, and then now they're kind of back up to like that average or just above average. So it's like it's going all over the place. Maybe it's gonna you know settle into that you know in between that uh, two and a half to three and a half score spot um, for a little bit. Uh, and I hope so. I hope we get some great ones. I know. I mean, looking at the episode titles coming up, I'm excited still. <laughs> you did that before with the Bubble Boy. I know. I know. I was, I know. I was so, so excited for Bubble Boy. Now, now I'm almost scared to look ahead and see what <laughs> what's coming. <laughs> but yeah, dude, I am honestly I am shocked at how much of a roller coaster this beginning of season four has been so far. Mm-hmm. I am I'm shocked, and I'm also shocked at how they're sort of forming the episodes like it it feels very different than what we've seen so far they're adding a lot of connective tissue and it seems to be like they're writing in chunks of of hours and i'm curious to see if that's how it's going to be moving forward if if they're going to still sort of maintain that cohesion or if things will start being a little bit more um what's a syndicated worth you know you know like where they're more standalone yeah Yeah. i i i know we're going to get plenty of standalone stuff out but yeah you're right these first Six, seven episodes have been all in, like, two-part style, so very curious. Yeah, very curious to see where it goes, but uh, but so far, still always having fun, never never not having fun, yes. and I think I've, I mean, I said it in one of the episode descriptions a couple episodes ago, sometimes the worst episodes of Seinfeld make for the best episodes of Cartwright, so yeah. I, I'm having a good time no matter what. If it's a good episode of Seinfeld, I'm happy. If it's a bad one, then I'm like, fuck it, all right, we're gonna have a good talk here. I wholeheartedly agree. All right, Corey, where else in the internet are you having a good time? <laughs> yeah, buddy, uh, every week on on the ongoing comic book discussion podcast. I'm having fun with our pal Tess talking about comic books, obviously. Uh, every every other week, uh, I work on a podcast called Podcasting After Dark with my buddy Zach, and uh, we talk about cult movies from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and we also interview uh, some celebrities, usually from that era as well. Right now, this month, uh, you can listen for free to our interview with Jeanette Goldstein. She played Woo. Vasquez in Aliens. Let's rock! Let's rock! And uh, so, yeah, that's a, it's a fun podcast. Check it out. And uh, actually, speaking of aliens, I think I might actually be on a podcast soon with Adam and his brother talking about it. Yes, you will. Uh, on April 26th, that is uh, LV426, which is the name of the planet that uh, they go to in Aliens. So because of that L2, LV426... 426 every year is Aliens Day. Mm-hmm. Totally makes sense. That lands on a Sunday, which is an episode, which is a day that John and I drop beef up. So uh, we are going to have Corey on and we are going to talk all things aliens because basically we, we couldn't not. If we did an aliens <laughs> episode without Corey, he would literally like cut me out from this podcast. He would just stop being my friend because like, he, there's like two things he told me when like we first met and like we were, you know, talking podcasting. He was like, if you ever talk RoboCop, 
you better fucking have me on. If you ever talk uh, Ghostbusters, you better have me on. And then he also had, if you ever have like fucking aliens, you better have me on. And, so, <laughs> and Adam's so, like, let me, all right, hold on. Let me pull out a piece of paper and write all this bullshit down. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, uh, we're like, all right, well, let's do an aliens day. And, you know, you kind of brought that idea up and we're like, we're all for it. We know how much we're going to talk. So we're going to do an episode that is devoted just to the movie. And then we're going to recast it, which actually I'm really excited about. Me too. Well. And it's a big recasting because we were like, how many of the Marines should we keep? And I think we just cut out a handful. It's 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 at least half yeah. of the Marines. You're like, you're like, fuck it. We'll just do most of them. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. If they have more than like three talking lines, they got a, a recast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <So>. pretty much. <laughs> yeah, very excited about that. Yeah, so that's Blast from Our Past. And, uh, you know, uh, Adam, can you tell us about your trivia podcast as well? Yes, I can, Corey. Well, our trivia podcast is all about nostalgic trivia from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. If you are listening to this podcast, that means you like 90s stuff. And stuff maybe in the 80s, because this started off in the 80s. Our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, is all about nostalgic trivia from different pop culture categories within those decades. We have people go head-to-head in nostalgic trivia battles. Um, I'm really excited about it. We had our first episode come out uh, during the week of uh, April 7th, I think was our first episode. And so it's we do every other week. So by the time this one's out, our second episode should just have dropped. So... Um, Check it out. We're really excited about it. It's a fun, very digestible 30-ish minute podcast. But if you like trivia, if you like reminiscing about nostalgia, and I know you do because you're listening to Cartwright, go check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. That's right. And you can find every single podcast that we just mentioned over at the Beefop. Beef Pup. Network website. Now I know to pause when I say it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, got, I, got go, and I started now going like beef hop. You know, beef hop. <laughs> God, Jesus. It's like a beef hop. I don't know what it is. Like a piece of steak jumping over a fence or something. Now I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah, damn straight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you can find every single podcast in our network, all seven of them, all the links to, you know, all the podcatchers, yada, 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 all over at www.bfopnetwork.com. That's bfopnetwork.com. The uh, URL will be in every episode show notes. So you can find it right there. And speaking of finding things, if you are new to the podcast and you're wondering why you can't listen to the first couple seasons um they are all our whole entire archive is over on patreon so you can find the entire cartwright archive on patreon.com slash cartwright again that's patreon.com slash cartwright and guess what it's just a buck just one dollar for the entire Mm -hmm. catalog and ad free too i might add Yes. Yeah. yeah. Check it out, guys. Um, you know, if you want to support us, even if uh, you've listened to all the way stuff up here, we've got server costs. You know, we've got we put a lot of work and time and effort into this podcast. If you guys want to just show some love, we would highly respect it. Uh, so please feel free to. And and if you don't have the, the means, we totally understand this. I mean, things are crazy right now. We totally get it. A free way to help the show is leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or any other podcatcher that you use, but specifically Apple Podcasts specifically Apple Podcasts. Um, Five-star reviews just goes a really long way to helping get new listeners in front of the show and everything. And uh, it's it's how people find us in the search results for Apple. It's just the way they use their algorithm. So if you have a few minutes, uh, we'd really appreciate it. And we really appreciate 
all the five-star reviews that you guys have already left. They're all amazing, and we thank you guys so much for all of them. We love you. We love you. We do. All right, guys. So for Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast, I'm Corey. And I'm Adam. (laughs) And we will catch you guys next week. Hey everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get.